0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Mind Nation, the podcast. I am Kathy Vino, Chief Marketing Officer of Mind Nation, and I will be your host for today's episode. How are you all doing today? And thank you for joining us. The pandemic continues to take and take, and the numbers keep rising. And as the days keep rolling, we'd like to think that we have a better grip on the situation we've been dealt with. Much has been said about how the pandemic has brought us back to the basics and has helped us realize what's truly most important in our lives. But is it only when we're at the most extreme circumstances where we realize the true definition of happiness? Did today's trying times lower our expectations on what gives us joy and fulfillment? Today on the podcast, we have over Joyce Frank Trevino, TV presenter, host, and philanthropist. She is the multi-hyphenated poster woman and host of leading lifestyle and inspirational podcast, Adulting with Joyce Spring. She's a world vision ambassador, believing in the importance of living life in service to others. And also she is my sister-in-law. We talk about her journey through the different milestones in her life during the pandemic, finding her purpose during trauma, amidst trauma and what truly makes her happy listen in on our conversation
1: i'm so excited to be here i just realized when when you mentioned that that i think when we did the podcast together that was almost exactly a year ago we remember we were together right before the lockdowns started yes and so yeah it's crazy i'm so excited to be here um having conversations with you is always awesome. So it's good that we get to do this here on the podcast. Yay.
0: I was going to ask you, I was actually thinking about that year before and you were talking to me about balancing, balancing life. And Mm -hmm. now I'm also another face in my life and so are you, but let's talk about you for a minute. Um, And, Let's talk about it in the context of the pandemic. You have entered two very different seasons in your life, marriage and pregnancy during (laughs) the pandemic. How does a normal day look like for you nowadays?
1: it does seem like I like to pile on really difficult, heavy seasons in my life in the oddest of times, right? Like, who gets married and then gets locked down and quarantined together for one whole year and then decides to have a child in the midst of it all? And some people might think that I don't think about these things, but I do. I'd like to assure anybody who's listening that I do think about these things. I pray about them and I really consider everything and cover all bases as much as I can before making huge decisions in my life. But yes, you know, it's it's always been a balancing act with my life. And I feel like I've only gotten the comfortable stride a couple of years ago when I really took my mental health seriously, when I took my spiritual health seriously, and I started resting deliberately. And that's when I kind of started to figure out, okay, so this is how you balance things. You have to schedule rest in. You have to schedule quietness in, mindfulness in. You have to put your mental health and your physical health and your spiritual health above the work that you do. And it's it's just been that, really. Um, with quarantine and being in the midst of a pandemic and being newly married, a lot of things go on in a day. But I'd like to say, as we were talking about earlier before we went live, um, I'm a very, I, I think, I'm physically strong. So, I thank God that I am physically strong. So I haven't really been stopping working since I got pregnant. Like, even in my first trimester, n- nauseous as I was, I would still go online, host my events. that Did, People didn't even know I was pregnant. So I had the same load of work. And, you know, it's it's pretty much the same thing. And it just happens that I'm, I'm one of those lucky, privileged ones that get to still work even if I'm just staying at home. And to my advantage, we are required to stay at home. Because my work before BC, before COVID, had me traveling everywhere, had me going on stages, had me standing in five-inch heels, had me going on hair and makeup and in studios. And now I don't get to do that, Kat. I, I don't need to do that. I do my own makeup. I don't wear high heels. And literally, I could be wearing pajamas, and you won't even know. But I'm wearing party at the top pajamas at the bottom whenever I'm doing events so it's just that but yeah how a day looks like it's just really trying to keep balance I try to meditate I try to pray I try to journal I try to read and put my mental health and physical health and spiritual health on top of my work especially now because priorities have changed I mean obviously when I got married it changed but even more so now that I'm carrying a baby so yeah yeah
0: you covered so much <laughs> But okay, let's first get to to the discussion on um, marriage and then and you stepping into th- these th- these different seasons in your life. Um, mm-hmm. and how you compared that to how you'd always just be running around, traveling and everything. is was there are there what are the benefits that you saw with the circumstances with the lockdown?
1: Oh my goodness! Good question. Um, I when Wancho, your brother and I <laughs> met, I I did I did have plans of getting married already. Well, at least not not in the near future. Like I was telling. So here's how the conversation went. Wancho, my husband, had been trying to pursue me for the longest time. And he would slide in my DMs, message me. And mm-hmm. and to the point that even when I got to GMA, when we were working together, I had I haven't I haven't even seen him in the building. I hadn't even seen him around but yes. random people like my makeup artist or my my um, road manager would come to me and say like oh my so do sayo si he'd like to get your number but i never i never really gave that so i when i met him and he started you know telling me that he wanted to pursue me he had intentions of dating me i kept saying no to him and you know why i said no to him because i told him wancho i know you're young right we're the same age and i see myself getting married in two or three years. And I just don't want to date anybody right now for the sake of dating. I would much rather stay single, be lonely. I mean, yeah, it sucked to be single because all of my friends were like in a relationship. They were having fun with their boyfriends. They were getting married. But I'd much rather be single and not have to deal with someone who wasn't ready to get married in two or three years. So if that's not you... If you're not that type of person, I completely I won't take it against you because we haven't even started dating yet and I was telling him this. I just wanted to lay all my all of my cards down the table. I see myself getting married in two or three years. If you don't see that, then let's just not do this. And to my surprise, he was like, "Yeah, I'm game. See, so yeah, I I I also want to get married eventually." <laughs> like, I did tell my friends that the next girl that I was going to date would be a girl that I would marry. And so we were just crazy enough to take each other up on our words and say like, okay, you say you're ready, then let's do that. So Wancho and I actually went into premarital counseling three months or four months into dating. Can you believe that? Yeah. So we start because our friends and our pastor also was telling us it's not a bad thing because going into premarital counseling is basically just like getting to know each other. It's like counseling it's It's letting each other know, like, okay, so we talked about our past, you know, we talked about our past relationships. we talked about our financial problems, our financial status. We talked about all of these things that you should be talking about before you go into a lifelong commit commitment with another person, which was which is very countercultural. We both enjoyed it. and, it was during that whole 3 month process where we realized you know what yeah this this could be something. We were both open to the idea that this might lead to us breaking up but it led to another thing it led to us actually deciding that hey this looks like a viable option for right. being committed to each other for the rest of our lives. So I guess I planned it that way you know but when we had gotten married it was different like our plan wasn't to get pregnant until 2 or 3 years after because yes. we're very young and we wanted to travel. And when traveling went out of the window, we were just like saying, let's just make a baby. <laughs> but 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 Kat, we, we actually when we started trying to have a baby, um, to be completely transparent with you, I thought I wouldn't get pregnant until after a year because I had PICOS before. So mm. I had um, and and you know I thought it was gonna take a while before we get pregnant, but we got pregnant a week or two after we started trying. So oh no, a month to a month after we started trying. So yeah, it's you make plans all the time, right? And then sometimes it just goes out the window,
0: right? And then you make changes and everything. <laughs> and speaking and you know just talk, talking about. Uh, what you were um, aligning with Wanshaw on in terms of dating. It's really good that that you guys were on the same page and and wanted to see where um it was going to lead to. And you guys mm-hmm. want had the same goal, same, same, I guess, um, um, ambition. You and you got that. You got what you wanted to get out of that relationship. I find that when you had said that it's super counter it's it's countercultural in terms of the way that dating is done now, um, they like spending the first one, two, three, so and so years just trying to figure each other out, like playing this game of, 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 of chase. And you kind of just want to guess um, what this person likes, doesn't like and their personalities. But there's so much benefit to just putting it all on the table. And this is what I want to mm-hmm. do are you in and are you out? Because that's going to save you so much time and effort and tears in the future. So that was super. good. Did that idea come from uh, past relationships? Did that did that um, that behavior of yours come from what you've learned in the past?
1: Super, super. It's modern dating, my goodness, it's so tiring. Modern dating is just like, modern dating sucked the life out of me. And it was just... I'm so I was so tired of it. Like I was so tired of giving my heart, my soul, my words, my body, my spirit, my everything to a person that I was just eventually going to lose. And you know, it I I was just like, I, I don't wanna do that anymore. And if you're honest enough, and and you know what, I was a grown woman. If you tell me that you're not that interested in me, I'd completely respect that. If you tell me that I don't want that, I don't see myself getting married, I'd I'd love that. But don't tell that to me two years into the relationship. If you tell that to me at the beginning of the relationship, then I know what I'd be getting myself into. Because I have tried... To change people my life, my whole life. I try to change people. I try to change the preferences of people. I try to change their mind. I try to change their sense of humor. I try to change their culture, their mindset. And what I've realized after many tire, tiresome years of trying this messianic thinking, that people just don't change. And when they tell you who they are, you ought to believe them. And I respect people for that, you know? So I set up, okay, I'll, I'll set up boundaries for myself then that would help me protect my heart, my mental health, my physical health, my spiritual health, so that I won't have to go through that same heartache anymore. And modern dating taught me that, yes. My spiritual life taught me that. My faith in God taught me that. And also seeing my friends taught me that. I have had friends who dated for nine years, Nine years dated with someone, lived in, had that partnership, had businesses together, only to find out that the guy that they've been waiting for all these years to pop the question never had an intention to get married. And all along, they wanted to get married. So, well, you can't really blame anyone for that, right? Because he's free to want what he wants and she's free to want what she wants. But when you make a life plan, a linear life plan with someone, and then somewhere down the road, you just you don't agree on something so major as that it's just so difficult do you think there's something that they've never talked about
0: during that the the, those couple of years or like the the guy was just like in limbo because there would be times where like you know i'm not sure yet because there one could argue as well that you know um a partner and I've seen this happen so many times, where a partner is not sure of you, and then then come the next relationship, they get married, and like the, suddenly the love of their lives. And I see you eye rolling right there, yeah. but that's that. It happens, right? Because it so it sometimes yeah. is the case that this partner, your partner you have now, and or you don't see that. that okay, I want to go this path. I want to get married, have kids by so and so year. But I don't think that this is the person for me, right? Mm. And yeah. so yeah. you kind of just like, okay, I don't want to hurt this person. This person has been good to me, so I'll just let it play out, and just it'll just die a natural death. And which is sad because you waste people's yeah. time. Now, mm-hmm. going into the into the discussion as well, I just want to kind of end this discussion with uh, on relationships with um, a bit on modern dating and and self love right now. Um, a lot of um, people, when we talk about relationships, they have this sort of vision of, of who, what kind of partner they want. And for you, someone who is aligned um, to wanting to date for marriage, wanting to to be with you in, in terms of your 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 faith, your beliefs, etc. Is it right to have those kinds of checklists for a person? And when can we say that, okay, we're a little more lenient in some aspects, and when can we, we be strict in certain boxes?
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think we all have our non-negotiables, right? And I think I had a couple of non-negotiables, but everything else was kind of free flow. I mean, if you look at my list of exes, they may be short, but there is a list. Um, They're very different. Like, I've dated businessmen, I've dated professionals, I've dated artists. But the non-negotiables are there. I, I wouldn't say that. Sometimes the non-negotiables are dati- there just out the window <laughs> questionable. So questionable non-negotiable really because like he's super cute I mean I could negotiate with myself to change this non-negotiable you know it, it happens but I think you know having a checklist for your partner is not a bad thing but requiring for the person that you're going to be with for the rest of your life to tick all those boxes that could be dangerous because I don't think you will ever find the perfect person for you. And the only thing that I would like to keep, and you know, if you're a young woman or man listening to this podcast right now, it's good to have your non-negotiables intact. Like for me, my non-negotiable was I needed someone who had the same faith and belief system as I did, you know, same values. I needed someone whose family I could I could love and appreciate and, and grow with. I could see them being my family also. I had those non-negotiables. Everything else, like financial status, how he looked, what his height is. Non-negotiable ko din yung mga, yung sa physical, yung, ay, kailangan ko makapal yung kilay para maganda naman yung kilay ng no mga anak ko. <laughs> I had those mga superficial non-negotiables also, but Apart from those things, I think you have to accept at some point that you will meet people that don't tick all of your boxes or only tick some of your boxes. But as long as the things that you have to compromise for or sacrifice or change you're willing to deal with for a long time, then you're good to go. Because honestly, even if that's the perfect person, and I do feel like sometimes my husband is the perfect person for me, we still have really bad days. I mean, we still Mm. had to have a lot of adjustments. We still had big fights. We still go through counseling. We still need help from other people. And that's because we're both human beings. We're both imperfect human beings trying to make a relationship work. And that's just how it is. So good to have standards and 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 boxes and non-negotiables bad to keep thinking that you're going to get that perfect person cuz i don't think you ever will if you're lucky then do hit us up we'd love we'd love to hear your story
0: <laughs> exactly exactly and i feel like that when you try try to tick all the boxes that's when the forcing comes in that's when you try to change the person like oh my gosh perfect but this one box doesn't clean up. Doesn't exactly. clean up after. Like I'm gonna force it, and that's when the the disagreements happen, and then the tension. And it's 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 very difficult. How did the global crisis like change your sense of normalcy from someone that used to just be like shifting one thing after another? How are you now disrupting yourself, other than of course the fact that you're gonna become a mom?
1: Well, let's start with a whole heart for innovation, right? Like why did I want to constantly innovate and excel in different fields? At first, it was a hunger for excellence. And then as I go deeper into it, I think it was also a trauma response in that I didn't find value in myself unless I was the coolest person in the room unless i was the smartest person in the room unless i was the person that could beat you in a in a drinking game that could drive faster than you even if you were a dude that could ride a motorcycle i wanted to be that because i needed that validation and that came from trauma that came from difficulty that i had growing up and you know the one thing that i realized because of the pandemic And because of when I started having really bad panic attacks, um, especially also in the pandemic, was that you cannot let yourself be defined by the things that you do, because once they're taken away from you, then you have nothing. Then you are defined by nothing. And I realized that because when the lockdown started, or let's start with when I had started having panic attacks, I couldn't read books, Kat. I would read books. And what what would happen was my brain couldn't figure out what my thoughts were from what I was reading. So para, mm. I had like this weird out-of-body experience anytime that I tried to read books. So I stopped reading books for a while. And mm. that's what I held on to to feel like I was smart. I'm not saying that I'm smart, to feel like I'm smart. And then, thank you, love. And then um, I couldn't drive. Like, I couldn't drive on a highway. I couldn't drive at night. I couldn't sit in a movie theater. I would start having panic attacks. I couldn't train for triathlon, especially swimming, because every time that I put my, my face into the water, I would feel like I'm drowning. So that made me realize that, my goodness, My whole life, I thought I was pursuing excellence for the sake of pursuing excellence. But all of these things were just a trauma response. And I was just trying to give value to myself, value that I did not see given to me or value that I didn't seem to acknowledge that I had in myself. And that's also what happened in the pandemic. I had to stop traveling. I had to stop working in TV. I was just at home. I was jobless for a couple of months. Both, I mean, a lot of us were jobless for a couple of months. And it just made me realize, you know, I I need to start reconciling these things and start fixing and dealing with, not really fixing, dealing with the trauma that I had experienced and stop piling things on top of it, you know, just to cover it up. Be, be, the, be the eloquent person. Be the smart person. Be the cool person just so people won't see that traumatized little girl that wanted validation and love and a and, and 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 nurturing relationship and companionship. So this global pandemic disrupted me in that way in that I had to really think about the important things, which is what gives my life meaning? What gives my life value? How do I then t- take care of that? how do i take care of the things that give me value give my life value so that i could help others as well and and deal and deal with those things what can i contribute to this world that is not just for me to cover up the things that i don't want people to see but actually to help other people without any other intention but to help other people and inspire other people so that's how it d- disrupted me you know and it it gave me so much value into um so much insight into giving value to being a wife like I I I honestly used to belittle just being a wife. Cause I never had been a wife, so parang ko, Gusto mo maging asawa lang, talaga. don't you want to be a career woman, etc.? And that was ego, you know. But then when the when the pandemic hit, I was just like, my goodness, it is not easy to keep thinking of ulam every day. To cook it and then to clean. And not, I'm not saying that I'm the only one who does it. But, Champlain, Dubai, you're you're a partnership. So, you have to think about these things. You have to clean the house. You have to be present for someone. You have to be emotionally available to them. That's not easy, man. So, it disrupted me in that way. It changed the norms and the values that I used to place on myself. And it rewired me on such a soul-deep level that I'm still thankful for till today. So I rambled on, I'm sorry. <laughs> no,
0: no, no. Thank you for sharing that. Actually, it gave me quite an aha moment. How do you gauge the difference between, okay, I'm doing this just because I want to put like value to myself that I don't necessarily need? Or when does it become like this is something that I'm exploring and it's really giving me actual value?
1: When it makes you happy i mean when it gives you joy you know when it makes you happy when you do it and even if nobody recognizes it you're fine um i my my vlog and my youtube channel has been around for a couple of years already and we had only gotten our one hundred thousand subscribers recently and for someone in thank you thank you but for someone in showbiz that's a small thing like i've seen people do it for like in a two weeks or in a week, in a day even, they get 500,000 subscribers, you know?
0: Yeah. And
1: I realized then that, you know what? I really love what I'm doing now and it gives me value and it gives me happiness and it gives me brings me joy and it helps other people with the intention of help, helping other people because I never cared about the numbers. I never cared that people didn't view my YouTube as much as I wanted them to or comment as much or subscribe as much because I knew I was putting out substantial content that I was proud of and that I loved having, you know, I loved having the conversations that I did that I do on the podcast and on my show. So that's when you know, right? That's when you know that you're adding value to yourself, not because you think it's going to add value to you, but because it actually makes you happy In that, even if people don't recognize it, even if people don't say that, hey, great job, you're still happy about it because it makes you happy. So I think that's how I've differentiated it these past few years.
0: Right. Was there ever like a moment where you just suddenly got this feeling that, yeah, this is
1: making a difference? Yeah, you know, I when I started doing the podcast and the show it was a passion project and if you listen to like the first few episodes of the podcast you'd hear me constantly say, "Sorry guys, I was away for 3 weeks because I did say this was a passion project and I'm not going to put pressure on myself." So it was true like I would sporadically upload these things whenever I felt like it. But then one day I started getting I the I think the first message that came to my mind when you were asking this question was There was this girl, I forgot if she said her name. I don't think she did, but she messaged me or she emailed me and she said that she was living alone in Canada or Japan. And she said, you know, I've been lonely because I've been living and working alone. But every time I put on your podcast, it feels like I'm back home or I'm listening to an ate who actually cares for me. And I love that. And then there was another person that said, I have always had a problem with my mental health but i never had the courage to talk about it because it's just so taboo and listening to your podcast and you opening up about it normalized it for me and now i think i'm going to ask a friend to help me out or tell someone about it oh, you know wow. we've it it's those kinds of things and then that's when i started uploading regularly because <laughs> then 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 you knew then i knew that wow i thought i was just rambling on about the things that i was going through as a 25 year old you know dealing with this quarter life crisis of some sort having an existential crisis not figuring out okay what gives life meaning what happens to me when i die what am i gonna do with this career is this even purposeful what's the point of it all and i thought it was just that but then that's the power of conversation right it gives using your voice encourages other people to also listen to theirs encourages other people to also realize that your their voices also matter that they have something important to say no matter how unimportant they may feel and that was the turning point for me
0: i can only imagine the feeling like i get that feeling with the messages that are tagged with you and me and i can't believe like i'm sure she gets like a hundred times more because of the many episodes and Wow, like actually getting to know that you've changed someone's life in, in a big way must give you that a different kind of f- fulfillment. And pressure. You've, you've talked about <laughs> <and pressure. laughs> it, it, it is a lot of pressure, right? And I and I feel like a lot of people um have the capacity to do that and to be just as impactful if they weren't so engrossed with the numbers. And yeah. I think that's why they they also Instagram removed the likes and, and all these other data so that you don't like constantly look at it and like, oh you know, I didn't reach as much likes as, as I wanted to. If it made you happy enough to post it, just stick mm-hmm. to it, right? And then yeah. just keep doing it.
1: Yeah, and don't
0: batter yourself if you're not doing it regularly. It'll come to a point that you know you get your your jive, like what you what you got to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Important question. And I, and you mentioned, um, this word a
1: while ago, but
0: what makes
1: Joyce happy? On a superficial or soul level? Because they're, I mean, chocolate sprinkles make me happy. <laughs> My dogs make me happy. <laughs> Many things. Um, I think if there's one, and I keep going back to this, but that's because, you know, it's the most important thing for me that makes me happy.
0: Mm.
1: I like purposefulness, I like doing things that are purposeful. I like saying things that are purposeful. I like making things that are purposeful. And that makes me really happy. It makes me happy knowing that you could do certain things and it just—it doesn't just end with an action. It has a goal. It, it has a purpose. And that gives me joy. You know, Even if it's just something as simple as photography. The, the 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 thing doesn't end with the action of taking a photo. It ends with this photo will help me remember the memories. It will help me, you know, capture a moment in history that I'll never be able to go back to. or yesterday, singing makes me happy. And I was singing and then I caught myself because I was recording it, you know, kasi may maganda so upload for Instagram. Anyway, I was thinking to myself, so I was I was singing, I was singing Adele, and every time that I made a mistake, I would stop the recording. And I caught myself and I was like, this is supposed to make you happy. Why do you stop the moment you make a mistake? And that's when I realized, you know what? You have to start. Doing things just for the sake of doing them, and its purpose should not just be the approval, validation, or applause of other people, but just to make yourself feel good. And honestly, I felt so good after belting out a couple of Adele and Bruno Mars songs with mm. with that new and, uh, Anderson Pack song too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. So soulful, right? So yeah, those things make me happy. I like things that are purposeful, and I like knowing that things could be purposeful, that makeup could be purposeful. It doesn't just end with applying it and looking good. It could have the purpose of making you feel good, making you feel confident, inspiring you to be creative. I love that. I love that.
0: And I feel like, do you think that 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 definition has changed during the pandemic? I mean, the definition of happiness. Because, you know, and now... When people, especially during the lockdown, people started realizing that, like, everybody's going back to basics. This is what's important. It's important that I'm healthy. It's important that I have food to eat or know how to cook or mm-hmm. have access to clean water. And, like, making feeling that I'm secure and I'm in a, in a safe home, safe space and with the people that I love um suddenly you realize that this is really what makes me happy it's not the the going around the country and exploring new things so much but like having access to to the people i love being able to
1: hug them being able to visit them all the time i took all those moments of holding hands hugging mm-hmm. talking to someone actually looking at the person instead of browsing through my phone while they're trying to have a conversation with me, you took all of those things for granted. You took watching movies in the cinema for granted. You took going to church for granted. Like, I was just telling one show, honestly, sometimes I'm guilty of checking my phone while we're doing praise and worship in church because I'm just like so bored. And, oh my goodness, let's just get to the message already. Like, I used to take those things for granted, but now... Thinking about that, thinking about being around other people and connecting with other people on a personal level—I mean, that just that just changes everything, right? So yeah, I think it it changed everything. And Yuna, it's eh, parang I know it's so cliche because we've heard it a million times over during the pandemic, but we went back to basics. You're right, we went back to the things that we used to take for granted, like our health, jogging outside without a mask, you know, getting to the gym without getting worried of getting sick. And really just, I I mean, I hate that the deaths, death tolls are rising, of course, but I love the fact that people now are more aware of our mortality and the fragility of life than we were before. As a Christian, this has been something that I've been so aware of for the longest time. Like, I'm just so aware that There will come a time that I will die. And so I live my life in such a way that it's always purposeful. I need to have purposeful conversations. I don't want small talk. I'm going to be as honest and as purposeful as I could be because I know that one day I'm going to die. And if I die, I want people to know that I had been completely honest with them, honest with my weaknesses as much as my strengths. And I think now, because of the constant death tolls and sickness tolls that we see on the news, people have been more aware of that. But we've been more aware that, hey, you know, you have to take care of yourself and you have to take care of others. You have to connect. You have to not just be stuck at working but actually have a life beyond it. I've seen so many of my friends who are business owners and company um, leaders that would say, we had so many of our employees quit and you know do their business their passion projects on the side because they realize that life is too short to just be doing things for the sake of doing things it has to have it has to give you purpose it has to give you joy it has to give your life meaning or else sayang. sayang talaga i'm not saying that it's bad to stay in a corporate job or do work as other people because sometimes that's what give you gives you purpose right putting food on the table that's also a purpose enough in itself but yeah it it, it changed everything really even for me and for a lot of people i'm sure
0: you know this whole year for for many for a lot of us it, it things did not go as planned right and it's only now that we're kind of starting to pick up the pieces even though they had just announced again that they're going to go on another lockdown and so, so we're back to square one but how can you pop, how can you manage your emotions when things don't go as planned how has that been for you
1: my goodness it starts with the acceptance that things don't always go as planned mm. i think if you are in the mi- in a state of mind that that expects things to go as planned, then you are really in a difficult state of mind because in all of my years as an adult so far, I have never experienced things to go the way as I planned it. Like, there's always something that goes differently, something that goes wrong, something that goes against your plan, something that get delayed. And... Mm-hmm. I think how you deal with those things is first, yeah, acceptance. Acceptance that that's really what life is. It it throws you curveballs the least you expected. Things don't go the way that you planned, and that's why you have to let go. There are certain things that you have to let go of and surrender. And you know, Kat, one of the things that I have realized now that I'm pregnant is that, like. You know, there are so many things that could go wrong when you're pregnant. So many things. So many things that could go wrong with your baby and with your body, with your mental health, with your physical health. And I was so sad in the first trimester because I was trying to gain control. I was like, so you mean I could eat as healthy as I can, rest as much as I can, and still bad things could happen? That gave me so much anxiety, but then I realized that you know what, that's really what life is, it's a lot of surrender. Like, even for example, with my relationship with my husband, I could I could marry, I did marry a good man, I married a good loving man who takes care of me. But I have no control over his actions. I have no control over the fact that he could make bad decisions in the future. You know that he could change his mind. Even if we had an agreement at the beginning of our relationship, he does have the capacity to change his mind. And you just have to realize that that that's just life. How life goes. So you manage it by what? First is processing your emotions. Really not mm. trying not to shrug them off and hide them under the rug, but really putting it out there, placing it in front of your heart, looking at it and saying, okay, this is what I feel. I feel angry or I feel frustrated. I feel excited. I feel different. I want something different. Process it and be honest with yourself about it. Another thing is maybe don't be afraid of asking for help. And it doesn't mean just professional help. You could ask help from your friends, someone that you trust. could be your sister, your dad, whoever it is, right? And third and finally, just start to learn to to be agile and adjust. That's it. Because we had a lot of, um, I hosted a lot of webinars at the beginning and, and actually throughout the pandemic, the first year of the pandemic. And we would, have um, a lot of business leaders and I would interview them and they give webinars and you know what Kat they have the same idea but different ways of presenting it but mm-hmm. it's just agility and adaptability that's all you need because things don't Always go your way and don't always go as planned. But if you are agile enough to make changes the moment that it is asked of you, if you are adaptable enough to be creative the moment that it is needed of you, and if you are courageous enough to actually take care of your core, stay who you are, but then be kind of, you know, moldable everywhere else, then you'll always be okay. Like we had a CEO before who talked about how. They have employees who who once were in the sales part of the company, right? But there wasn't a sales arm anymore because of the pandemic. So they started becoming delivery guys. And they were happy with that as long as you have a job, right? So adaptability and agility. So I noticed something that you'd said about
0: about um, recognizing your emotions. And a lot of people think, Kase, now when you want to be happier, when you want to take the first steps to being happy, it's autumn- the immediate thinking is to avoid the negative feelings. Uh-huh. It's to like, recognize like, oh, this is not making me happy. I'm just going to shove it down the rug or I'm just going to forget about it. I'm just going to move to the next one without actually processing. Why is this not making you happy? Why is this making you feel anxious or fearful? And when that's the same thing with mental health, people think that good mental health means just always being positive, just always looking for the bright side, etc. When you're looking into mental health, you also have to deal with the uh, uh, quote-unquote ugly parts of mm-hmm. of you and the things that you have to, um, f- f- in one way or another, face, so that you can get through them and you can heal. But last question for you, um, Joyce, before we end, um, any advice to people who still have not yet adjusted to the new normal? Because they will say that when you're saying that, okay, I have to be agile, I have to be this and that. That's not like you know, that's not going to happen immediately tomorrow. What mm-hmm. are your, what's your advice or words of wisdom to those that are still kind of struggling to this day?
1: Well, it's okay that you're struggling. That's the first thing I want to say to you. Everyone is still struggling. Some of us have mm. just gotten better at hiding it or at least <laughs> lo- at looking at better um, looking better while doing it. Um, but yeah, if, if you're struggling right now, if you have been struggling for a long time, I actually did a a podcast on this recently on ways to reinvent yourself. And I wanted to release that podcast also because I feel like a lot of us feel stuck. And the first thing that I want to tell people is that it's okay if you feel stuck. Honestly, these are unprecedented times. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard that so many times, but it's true. It's an unprecedented time. Nobody has ever prepared us for this, especially because we live in a technological... Technologically savvy modern world that feels like we're capable of doing everything. And now it just feels like there are so many barriers we need to deal with. So if you feel stuck, it's okay. Next, I want you to know that any good thing that will happen in your life has to start with you getting out of your comfort zone. So it's okay that you feel stuck, but what's not okay is you becoming okay with feeling stuck. Because you have to decide for yourself that you want something better, that you deserve something better, and that your life is capable of doing something more than just staying in that staggered, tired, listless space in your life so decide to get out of your comfort zone and that doesn't mean that you're going to all of a sudden move to a different country or move to to the beach and you know quit your job and you know the hell with your parents it just means taking one small step that will make you better one small step of maybe reading one chapter of a book doesn't even have to be the entire book just one chapter Maybe it means just waking up a little bit earlier so you could start walking outside and forcing yourself to walk outside because you don't want to constantly isolate yourself, you know, and be stuck in your apartment. So take it one tiny step at a time and and pat yourself at the back for even the small things that you're doing, right? You know, even that small step forward is a step forward. And finally, I know I keep saying this, but Community and accountability is one of the most beautiful things that you can do for yourself. Having a friend, a mentor, a coach, a sister, a brother, a parent even that you trust, that you love, and that you could actually be honest with with the things that you need and with things that you want to do with your life is life-changing. I have I have been reading this book recently. Um, and Baby Makes Three. That's the title of the book. And it talks about how marriage and intimacy changes once you have a baby. And I, he, they, the, the author had a line there that struck me so much. It was a simple line, but it spoke to me. It said, instead of telling your partner what you don't want, start telling your partner what you do want and ask them to give it to you. And that was just like mind-blowing mind to me. Like, Oh, no! I always tell Wancho the things, I don't like that. I don't like it when you do that. I don't like when you do that. And he doesn't know what to do because, okay, what am I going to do with what you don't like? I'm just going to stop doing it. But if you tell someone what you need and what you want and they could actually deliver that to you, that's going to make your relationship stronger. So it doesn't matter if it's your husband, your wife, or your spouse, or your friend. Start telling people what you need, you know. I could call Kat and say, Kat, I need someone to talk to about this. I need I need you to just listen. I need you to give me advice. I need you to just tell me the truth. You know, I want you to be this person for me. And having that kind of community, that kind of accountability, that kind of relationship will really help you move forward. And I know that my first point was, it's okay if you feel stuck. But at the end of the day, life will keep moving, life will keep moving forward time will keep passing by and you don't want to get left behind there are so many beautiful things that this world could offer there are so many beautiful things that you can offer and you don't want to keep staying where you are comfortable or where you are sulking for the rest of your life you want to start doing something good something better so focus on that don't look at the year that was look at the year ahead so yeah beautiful
0: and I really love that quote. You know, there is science that backs up that even the brain does not know or cannot um, process the word no. So even if you're yeah. like, it, it, it works with your with your spouse and even works with your self-talk. If you yeah. con- constantly say, I don't like this, or it, it's going to continue manifesting. It's something that you're going to be sensitive to and going to keep kind of attracting. So start doing more positive self talk start talking about things that you like, things that you want, to, you want to get or want to receive. And it starts from there. And happiness is, like you said, it's, it's really not an overnight formula. It's not something that you'll get to do tomorrow that you'll have an epiphany and then want to quit and do all of these wonderful, amazing things, which you'll get there, right? Mm-hmm. But having that unconditional self-regard, understanding where where you are what your weaknesses are and taking it again one step at a time like you said is absolutely valuable and i i love that we have that and i love that that it's it perfectly encapsulates the what we're trying to address even in mind nation in my nation you for those in the philippines specifically you can have access to psychologists, well-being coaches as well, or people you just want to talk to 24 seven via Facebook messenger. And I'm sure if you need it, you can also reach out to Joyce on Instagram and Facebook. Joyce, your social media accounts, please
1: yeah Kat thank you again for having me on the podcast and thank you to my nation for the work that you guys do you know it's so important that we're having these conversations and even building this kind of community obviously that's what you're talking about about Mm -hmm. how important it is and if you love this episode you'd like to hear more from me you could by listening to my podcast Adulting with Joy Spring exclusively on Spotify also check me out at Joy Spring on Instagram Facebook and on YouTube at Joy Spring TV and also check out my website www.joycebing.com. Great. Thank you so much for being here,
0: Joyce. We hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you again for joining today's episode. We hope that this really struck a chord in your heart and gave you a whole new meaning of finding happiness and purpose amidst these trying times. If you liked this episode, please do stick around for more episodes to come with the Mind Nation. You can also follow us on Facebook instagram and twitter at the mind nation and for those in the middle east at the mind nation dot arabia i hope to see you again
1: soon